ESPN 1000. We're in the old National Bank studio on State Street. You can watch us on Twitch today and any day at twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. So Zach Levine returned to the Bulls last night. Well, that didn't work out as planned. Brian Hanley, good morning. Uh, pretty good uh, for the first quarter for Zach. Yeah, yeah. That Bulls. was uh, uh, As far as the final result goes. I think the uh, the Cavaliers covered the one and a half points they were favored by. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Let me uh, check that. Yeah. How many by how many times? Yeah. <laughs> me really? Yeah, that well, was uh, uh, that was. Uh, yeah, Zach had a decent outing, 23 points at the end of the night. But uh, Demar Rosen had 13. Uh, you know, he wasn't carrying the Bulls, which was good. But we were no nowhere close to the Cavs. Are the Cavs uh, that good? Is that what we're looking at, or are the well, Bulls just I mean, not? that good right now that's a great question mr zander and i'd like to know what bulls fans i mean look three games in what's your strong suit right now and i i know it's only three games but you defied the odds against the uh, miami heat when zach was all of a sudden a a, a scratch day game scratch this and this is the head scratcher right we get zach yeah. levine back we played cleveland and we lost by i i mean the two previous games without zach was a win, and one was, uh, you know, decided by a missed basket at the end of the... Uh, and a missed call, apparently. And a missed call, yes. And that's a... We did not mention that yesterday, and I guess uh, maybe well, they Billy came Donovan out after did. after we uh, we had the show. or maybe It came it was, out after, yeah. It after, yeah. yeah. And it was... I, I've never seen that. Is that refreshing that the, uh, the well, ref no, would come out and they would make a statement like that? No, the two-minute report's been out. I mean, that's what they do now. Okay, not, uh, not in any other sport, though. I guess no, no, that's no, what I'm the, saying. No, that's the NBA that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Would it not be nice to get that in the NFL for an obvious blown call? Now we've See, heard some people follow up and say, okay, I missed that call or something, but something more official in other sports where we're having problems with the refs or the umps. Well, and not only that, because, okay, obviously a last-second three-point attempt by DeMar DeRozan is what you call important when it could be the game-winning hoop. Mm-hmm. But... There, so it's the last two minutes because everyone spotlights calls or non calls when a game's on the line in, in the final minutes. But what about in the middle of the first quarter if if they miss something that ends up in a one point game or a two point game? Right? I mean, I get they can't go back through the entire game and all the games that night and right. analyze everything and come out with all the missed calls and say, We're sorry about that, we'll try to do better next time. But what you know? What, what would be the cutoff for some of these? And the fact that Billy Donovan had a challenge left, but you can't challenge it on call. Now, if he called the, if they called the foul, and Washington wanted to challenge whether they, it was they a could foul do or that, not, right? They could do it. But the fact that no one blew the whistle means there's no recourse, right? So it's just the next day. Oops, well, and there, we there's maybe one. maybe there's something there to look at if there's a non-call that you can uh, bring that up. Yeah, I, yeah I mean, you know, for gets, something you think that should be called. But then it's the end of the game. Uh, yeah, there's no easy gets, solution. No. But the fact that they came out, I know the NBA has been doing that for a while. But sure. being a hockey fan, I would love to see that. Because how many times have we seen games end in maybe a questionable call? Yeah, and, and look, Billy Donovan didn't bring it up because he was screened on the play. And what we're talking about here isn't – he didn't. DeMar didn't get hacked on the arms. It was – at, after he released the shot, his uh, the the defender hit his legs with his with the defender's feet, right? Mm-hmm. And Demar actually did 
kind of, you know, he fell didn't, back. Yeah, he didn't land. You know, was he didn't stick the landing? He just fell on his rear end, right? right? Mm-hmm. And it is a point of emphasis, and has been with the NBA because guys can get hurt when they can't when they're not allowed to land, right? So the fact that that's a, a point of emphasis even magnifies the non-call that much more. But that said, when the Bulls are allowing sixty percent shooting. And they're they're averaging about twenty five percent shooting on threes so far this season. See, you got an issue here. <laughs> it's the non call on the three is one thing, but when you can't make a three to save your life, that's that's another issue, right? Yeah, it, uh, it it was one of those games where I was going back and forth because I'm still invested in the uh, baseball playoffs, so I'm going back and forth. That. And oh, yeah, man. and uh, but <laughs> I'll tell you something. Altuve got his first hit, first yep. hit of the postseason. How many games have they won so far? They have not lost one. So now that he is starting to hit, if he catches fire like he can, I mean, you know, I know you have high hope for the Phillies, but, I mean, Houston's done that without Altuve. You're right. And, you know. Not his defense, obviously, but his offense. And and he is a spark plug for that team. And they don't even have Brantley. Conversely, yeah. the Yankees have done nothing offensively, and so has Aaron Judge really done nothing offensively. And then he's involved in a, uh, you know, I got it, you got it, I'll take it. You, oh, where the, where's the ball? Yeah. It's on the ground. Um, so, yeah, they're just about to be eliminated. Who saw the Yankees wimp just, you know, going out with a whimper like this, right? Well, there's something to be said for starting off the season so hot. Can you really, really sustain that throughout the season and into the playoffs? Certainly you should be able to if you could start the season that way, but they were hit with injuries, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, all of this. But Houston, they ended up having the best record in the AL. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm not surprised seeing what they're doing. I'm more surprised that the Yankees are not hitting, but Houston can pitch. Yeah, and and know who can hit, too. All of a sudden, the Phillies, everyone. I mean, Reese yeah. Hoskins. Yeah, I mean, look at up and down. Bryce Harper's obviously having a postseason. Yeah, Kyle Schwarber's just ripping the cover off the ball. Um, I, I I give them more of a puncher's chance, and and that's what we're looking at right now. I mean, yeah. it, it, this World Series is pretty much set. It's going to be Phillies and, and Houston. Not exactly, I'm sure, the uh, the marquee matchup people envisioned maybe midseason, but, uh, you know, for the uh, respective – Cities and fan bases, they're going to enjoy it nonetheless. And baseball fans should, too. It should be a really good series. I think so. I, I think the Houston series is more set in stone uh, against the Yankees than the Padres. But I think F- Phillies will pull it out. They're, they've looked very impressive. Uh, there's no reason to think that they're going to cool I mean, they, they gave up four runs in the first, uh, in the first inning. I and came back, a historic comeback last night. And, and you know, Rob Thompson, the... the Philly's manager it was like he decided to start a guy who hadn't pitched since October fifth, uh, but I believe his last name's Falter, which he did. He was hoping to get, um, he was hoping to get what nine not uh, nine outs, three innings from him. He mm-hmm. got two outs, yeah. And then the bullpen phone was just ringing nonstop. So anyway, it should be fun. But uh, back to to the Bulls, I, uh, I I don't know what to make of this team, um, but what what's their calling card right now? Uh, because there's no tenacity there. There's no defense. You know, uh, last year there were stretches where they were they were a really good defensive team, and then they're a really good offensive team. And oh boy, here comes the second unit, and that right. brings energy. Yeah, you're, you're right. Nothing stands out. Nothing no. stands out as to their strength at this point. 
Yeah. Uh, Bulls fans, are, are you have any concerns? Look, I mean, I think we all thought they were going to be a playoff team, and, and they still may very well be. The over-under in, in total wins in Vegas before the season was 41.5. I mean, that's that's squarely a 500 team, right, mm-hmm. on an 82-game season. Has so, that changed at all? In three I'd games? Have to look. Probably yeah, not. I wonder if the odds makers are trying hey, to maybe, adjust Maybe it's adjusted a little bit. Yeah. But I'll but tell I, you. I, I, I don't know what to, if they're going to be a playoff team, what what gets better here and how quickly does it. And so one of our Twitter poll questions today is, what's the biggest concern for the Bulls? Offense, defense, health, or Patrick Williams, just because I'm mean-spirited. Um, I, I can't. He's got to he, he No more starts for Patrick Williams. Give him a, a, a timeout for however long it takes to figure out if he's actually a basketball player. Matt because, in St. Charles has some concerns about yeah. the Bulls. Sure. Hey, Matt, welcome into ESPN 1000. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks for t- uh, having me on. So, yeah, um, huge Bulls fan. Uh, I, I watch the game. I understand the game really, really well. Patrick Williams is not passing the eye test. He hasn't no. passed the eye test for me um, since he's gotten here. Yes, he's a big body. And what's wrong with the Bulls right now is, is that at his position, is where we're lacking any type of player because what they were hoping when they drafted him is like by year three you might start seeing something. We're not seeing anything from him. He's yeah. regressing. Yeah, it's year three, and maybe someone ought yeah, to give him exactly. the, the wake up call on that. Yeah. So what, so that's the position they're missing. They were hoping he's going to be better. What they need to do to do anything this year because they're not going to do anything. They are going to get to the playoffs, but they're going to get bounced. But you know, it's going to be the same thing. DeMar DeRozan can't play 40 minutes a night. Nope. Um, so they need to go out and they need to find a four that's a good athletic four that is serviceable. If you have to trade people, you have to trade people. Real quick, the other thing that's going to really help the Bulls is if Kobe White can be consistent because he looks good. When he's well, good, my, he's good. When he's bad, he's bad. My next question was, who's, who are you going to trade? And Kobe White would be on the list, I would suppose. I mean, he, Yeah, I mean, he'd be worth getting rid of for a very good four in some picks. Yeah, yeah. Because that's Great. the only way you're going to win. Yeah, so where's your level of concern, Matt, before we let you go? You're a big Bulls fan. You know what you yeah. talk about, obviously. So is it too early to wonder what, what the hell's going on with this team? It is because... I knew last night, I knew that was going to happen because Zach kind of popped in. Everybody's pumped up. They wanted to get Zach, you know, the ball. Um, But as far as this team's concerned, yeah, we're going to be a 500 team. There's going to be weeks where we hate them, and there's going to be weeks where we love them. There's going to be weeks we like watching. There's going to be weeks I have to shut it off because it makes me sick. And that's how the whole season's going to be. It's going to be a long season. Thank you, man. Strap it It down, Hawk. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Appreciate that, yeah. Well, he's uh, he's not wrong. It is going to be one of those seasons, I would imagine, in, in the fact that we're waiting on Lonzo Ball after January. But, you know, is that really... We don't know what's happening with him. So we are going to quite literally limp with Zach Levine's This, this is problem. literally... Didn't we just go through this with the White Sox? Yeah, this is like, why I made... Did yesterday. I not make that comparison with the Bulls and the White Sox. And I mean, it, not only are the Reinsdorf tied together with those two things, there are a lot of things that are happening. You know, weird communication and, you know, the big expectations for something that isn't really going to pay off. And we've got injuries and we don't know when Lonzo Ball is going to return and what we're going to get out of people. Zach Levine, you know, how 
how uh, you know he had a decent night last night, but well, was I mean, that, uh, the, the, the fact that you played him eleven minutes in the first quarter and then he basically was unavailable late in the game. Well, the game was decided, but I mean, even stretches of the, he didn't play. Well, that's how he's going to get rest, Brian. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. These blowouts, he's right, just going mean, to—they're going to sit him. But even in the second quarter, he wasn't out there, and all of a sudden, right. it, you know, it just it. So whatever minutes you do play him, there's going to be a, a bill that's due sometime in that game, if not in the week, where you have to get him off his legs. Apparently, I mean, no one's saying there's a minutes limit, but he played. They didn't want him to play more than 38 minutes last night. So here's 11. Oh, let's we need to take a uh, take a time out here and sit for a while, and we'll get you back in whenever we feel like it's you know okay. Now, uh, DeRozan had 13 points. Is that a concern? Is that a factor of Levine being back in and them spreading the offense? Or are they going to have to get him a little more involved? Yeah. Or because it, because you know, obviously he carried the Bulls the first two games. He yeah, can't do that it, all season, obviously. It's the second of a back-to-back, so there's that. I mean, it's – look, there. there's just – if a Bulls fans can point to one area where you say, well, they've got that one nailed down. I mean, they're not a good shooting team right now. Um, they're not particularly a good free-throw shooting team right now. They're not a good defensive team at all right now. And their bench is – uh, you know, not the the same energized unit that it was last year. And it's only three games in, right? Uh, but it's there's what is something you say? Oh yeah, that that we got that. I mean, we don't know if if how Zach coming in and out of the lineup is going to impact the rest of that lineup and that uh, the rest of the rotation and how they're going to are they going to defer to him? Um, is it got to be the De, Demar Derozan show for them to win? I mean, it, it's right now. There's just there's no there there. They can't they can't make a three to save their life. And they're allowing other teams to light up the scoreboard. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. What are we missing or what do you think will come around sooner than later? The defensive game, the offense going come around, the uh you know, three point shooting. What what is going to come around for the Bulls in the near future? Or if anything? In your opinion, three one two three three two three seven seven six. Again, it's early, but this is what we do on sports radio. We look at things and we we dive into things, and they're not looking very good. And DeRozan was the difference maker in uh, the first game, almost in the second game, and uh, didn't see much of him yesterday as far as uh, production goes for one reason or another. And look at the uh, disparity in the score. We'll take your phone calls after this on ESPN one thousand. There are millions of places to get ESPN Chicago. There are smart speakers, phones, podcasts, standing in front of the old National Bank studio on State Street. Hello? There's Twitch.tv, FMHD, and of course, the original ESPN 1000 on the AM dial. We're glad you found us. And so are these very patient hosts, Mark Zander and Brian Hemm. ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2, or the ESPN Chicago app, which is fabulous. You can find all the podcasts, all the shows turn into podcasts and are parked right there on the app. Very handy. All right, so we're talking about the Bulls here on ESPN 1000. I'm Xander. He's Brian Hanley and uh, doing the math. And that's 32 points, right? No, 34 points. 34 points disparity last night. Brian. Yeah. No, 32. Uh-huh. Sorry. Yeah, my math is wrong. Uh, 32, it's early. I need more coffee. So I'm looking here. I'm digging into the stats. 
We did not have anybody on the Bulls in double digits and rebounds. Is Dennis Rodman still available? <laughs> I I, seriously, there's nobody. Now, Kevin Love for the Cavs had 12. Yeah. We have no, the closest we got to double digits is seven. Andre Drummond. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's not. Isn't that a recall. fundamental part of basketball? Well, if you really, I mean, look at this. The um, Your Chicago Bulls, um, Mr. Zander, <laughs> um, averaging 104 points a game through three games, right? Uh, that is in the lower, I think they're, what, fourth lowest, fourth fewest points scored on average. Mm-hmm. They ain't going to get it done. And that because, again, you're shooting about 20, well, uh, 23% from three-point range. Right. So, see, you get three points for those long-range baskets. That helps boost the old point total. Um just going back to the White Sox season, we used to look at run differential early on, and that proved to be a pretty good indicator. That comparison that they, between the Bulls and White Sox is not going to go away anytime soon. No, no, because you know, back in June when we were saying, boy, the 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 White Sox are one of the few quote unquote contending teams that are double digits in the red in terms of run differential, mm-hmm. and the, so how can you make an argument they're actually going to contend for anything when they're they're nowhere close? The Bulls so far have a, a minus 8.7 point differential. Again, um, that's that's among the, the worst in the league at this point. The basement so, dwellers. Yeah, I mean, they're right there with, good Lord, the Lakers are have a 10-point negative point differential. Good luck out there, LeBron. Anyway, um, you know, there, He's there busy are numbers. filming commercials. Yeah, sure he is. Okay. Uh, good for them. Uh, yeah, that I don't see them being a postseason team, but maybe there's a lot of basketball left to be played. That's what we used to say with the White Sox. Don't worry, there's so much season left. And we can actually say that about the Bulls right now because they're only three games in, but boy, does it not look good. And I'll tell you something, too. The lack of defense, it's a lack of everything right now, but the lack of defense is really bothering me. Oh, yeah, it should. It should bother you in a big way. I I, I mean, Caruso, isn't he a specialist? Now, I'm not blaming just him. But last night it was, uh, I think, uninspired is just a good word for it. Yep, yep. And don't you know? And I get, I, I've seen. Well, they're tired. Okay, it's only three games in, and they're tired because of back. Oh, do we have to play that Kevin McHale audio again? Yeah, don't. Yeah, the, the, apparently they were logging and, and coal mining yesterday before the game, and so they got to the arena and they were a little gassed. Where's the Kevin McHale? What's Kevin got to say? Because he's old school. Well, I'll tell you something. We're going to hear Kevin right now just to remind everybody where he's coming from. Now, Kevin retired uh, maybe early 90s, early mid-90s, something like that. The short, short era. The, yeah. the tight shorts. Yeah, the tight shorts. This rest stuff just drives me crazy. You're playing basketball for a living, okay? That would, uh, I understand if you're working the coal mine that you may need a rest day after after it. You're playing basketball. The joy that comes with competing in basketball is fun to play. I, 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 I never got tired in a game. How can you get tired in a game? You're playing basketball. I, I don't understand this. I, I, I Honestly, I, I start thinking I, I must have missed out on something. The eight and the nine to five the guy's doing before he comes to the game. You know, the, he must be putting in some serious work, uh, you know, in the mine or doing something. Maybe he's a logger. Maybe he's chopping wood. You got all day to sit on your rear end. Hey, this rest stuff drives me nuts. You know, Kevin does say, "I never got tired during a basketball game." What is, wasn't he a sixth man? Wasn't that his role? 
Yeah. But, so, uh, so he didn't, he, you know, he didn't, he wasn't a starter necessarily. When he said chopping wood, who was the Jacksonville coach who actually brought in a, 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 a tree stump into the locker room with, and it, he had a, an axe and he would have all the players like take a swing and take a I chunk don't of the recall tree that at all, but I am all for that. Some of my well, best know, exercise is splitting wood. I love to do it myself. It's not you know easy. What you know what happened? Someone got someone got hurt. Well, okay, axe. that's not a surprise because if you if yeah, you got to stand a certain way because if yeah. you swing the axe and you miss the wood, you're yeah. chopping your shin. Yeah, I and mean, that don't it, feel it, good. You know, just because they're playing football doesn't mean they've actually <laughs> right. handled an right. axe they before. You know, they actually should have had somebody show them how to properly handle an axe and then go into this exercise about uh, chopping wood. It's, yeah, it's, right. back to, it's back to pioneer days. Here, here's how America was built and all of that. Yeah, Go get yourself an actual logger before you're going to bring in the, the tree stump yeah. and the axe and just to have amateur hour. It's all a right, coach. Yeah. Everything needs a coach. It looked like it was Jack Del Rio. <laughs> yeah, Jack okay. Del Rio. Right, and who got you. hurt? Thank you for that. Was it a player or a coach? Someone got hurt. I, I think, see. did I read the punter got hurt? Yeah, that was it. Of yeah. course it was. Of course. Don't read a leg. Well, hopefully it was the opposite leg, but probably not. <laughs> but just like, you know, the, the coaches come up with these things, and it seems like a good you idea. you think it through, all. Brian. Yeah. 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 Creative idea, great idea, but you had, have to think it through. He double-bladed axe with a teal handle that bounced off a tree stump and ended up in the punter Chris Hansen's lower right leg. <gasps> yeah, of course in. it did. In uh, teal, and it had to be color coordinated with the jer- with the uniform. <laughs> so, so when they had a few post game beers after you know the latest loss, they came up with that idea. And, and let's go, let's this will be good. Okay, let's get that in here. The Monday best part morning. of the idea was to make sure it was color coordinated with the teams. Sure. Colors. Well, yeah, you got to make sure that there's you know symmetry and meaning. And oh, oh we need a punter. Get on the phone. <laughs> wow. Wow, I don't. I, I re, what? When did that happen? Do you have that in front oh, of you, Jake? I don't really recall that. Six, seven years ago. I, don't, <laughs> I think it said oh three. Oh, boy, okay, so about Lord. twenty years ago. Okay, yeah, but yeah. you know, it's still an oldie but a goodie. <laughs> well, motivational <laughs> concepts are great. You just have to think them through. That's as simple as that. All right, I'm Jay, just spitballing here. You yeah. need an axe, double, double, uh, double bladed, and double make sure bladed. Make sure it's teal. Why uh, do they have to the, do the double bladed one? Well, kind because of you're serious. That means yeah, you're real I guess serious. you're real serious. It's always an accident. No. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Here we go. Hey. Only real <laughs> men use single-bladed axes. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, and, and the punter had an axe to grind after that. Uh, okay, that's enough of that. Uh, Jay, Jay wants to jump in from Homewood here on ESPN 1000. AJ. Hey, hey, guys. You know, it's funny that you all mentioned the Lakers. I was, when I was watching the Bulls, I was thinking of the Lakers because they have a similar issue. They're supporting cast. Uh, A.D. and LeBron will get there, it's just like uh, DeRozan and Levine. They're going to average 25 to 30 points. But Io and Patrick Williams are going to be key. They're going to be key because every time you miss a three-pointer, that opens up transition for the other team. So we talk about their defense. But part of it is they're missing so many shots, particularly at the three-pointer uh, line. There are opportunities for the other team to transition. So... Patrick Williams has got to work. It's so much what you do in the offseason. Is he taking 200 to 300 shots in the, on the offseason? And I think Iowa's a worker. He just has to show more on the court and be a little bit more aggressive. Don't defer so much to uh, DeRozan and Levine. And I see Iowa, you know, be a little hesitant deferring to them. But their maturity will, 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 will play out in terms of how the Bulls uh, move forward this year. 
We had a nice taste last year. They made it through the first. They made it to the playoffs. Now, are we okay with them making it to the playoffs again and getting eliminated the first round? Are we going to say that's a success, or we want them to move farther? The only way they're going to move farther is the supporting cast. DeRozan so, uh, will get the twenty-five to thirty points. How uh, how are you going to get Patrick Williams? How's he? I mean, can you can you tell me that you still have you have faith in him? He's year three. I assume he's coming out of the starting lineup. Is I I can't I can't believe Billy Donovan can keep watching this this whatever this is. It's, there's nothing there, but I'm with you. Uh, he's got to work, or you got to cut ties. One of the two. You can't. So if you're going to limit, you know, bench him now, basically, just work his rear end I mean, off in practice. No, that's a that's a good question. I mean, if this continues, I think they may put Dragic. They they may drag it to the lineup. I mean, they're giving up some size. Patrick Williams is long. But to get that offense going, you may sit him and put in a Goran Dragic. I mean, that may be a remedy. Um, but I don't. I think we're you know we talk a lot about Levine and and, and Rosa. They're going to be okay. It's kind of yeah. like what happened with Boston when we had Brown and we had Tatum. They were ah, they're going to coexist in harmony. They figured it out. And look how well the Celtics did. You have two very good players. They're complimentary players. They don't seem to be selfish. They can work it out. But your supporting cast. It's got to do the point. So, very good question by Williams. I don't think we know. He we see flashes, but the flashes are so inconsistent. Um, the East is strong, man. Every game you got to bring your lunchbox. I mean, oh, yeah, you they, saw what happened with. Uh, I mean, they're strong. They all got better. Everyone got better in the Thanks, East. Thanks, That's possible. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, now. Yeah, yeah, we're going to hit the break here, but uh, I'm going to open up this question: three one two three three two three seven seven six. Jay said it's all about the supporting cast. Okay, so you have Patrick Williams. And you have Io. Which one has more upside, as you're seeing right now? 312-332-3776. I, I think I know Brian's answer, but we'll take your phone calls as we talk about the Bulls here. On a Sunday morning, it's ESPN 1000. Welcome back to Xander and Hanley on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. I thought he was really, really decisive and aggressive offensively. You know, he really, I think, did a good job there. I, I think for our team, not just Zach, collectively as a team, we all have to be better defensively. You know, and I would throw Zach in there with our team. Our team, Zach, everybody needs to be better defensively. Um, you know, even with the communication, physicality, those kind of things. But for him having time off, um, you know, I thought he came in and played well. Coach Billy Donovan on the performance of Zach Levine and the lack of performance by the whole team on defense, which we talked about, Brian. It's been glaring. Billy's seeing what we're seeing. Uh, I think he's pretty low-key about it. It's early in the season, but it definitely looks like a concern. I mean, it looks like they've been playing a lot of games already. Like they're tired, yeah. uninspired. Well, you can't allow 60% field no. goals. No. I mean, just when you're averaging, you know, you're, you're managing 40%. I mean, just, and one of our callers said it, when you're missing threes, here comes the ball the other way. Here comes the transition game, right? Yeah. And you can't get back on defense, or you could, you're not, um, would be maybe the better way to phrase it. But right. a lot, again, if a Bulls, a Bulls fan or fans can tell us what what's uh, what what's the strong suit here, what what's good. Because I, I I'm struggling. I'm trying to find something that's that's help. Uh, you know that okay. That one's pretty good. You know I guess it's we know Demar Derozan. His 13 points last night was out of character. But you can't ask him to get 35 to 40. You can't every ask night. him to carry the team every no. night. No, and he may I mean, want to. 
Yeah, and yeah, I know that willing. he is the guy that could do it, but I, I mean, I, I, you know, we can't ask him to do that because he's going to be out of gas. Yeah. 312-332-3776. We also posed the question before the break. Uh, as Jay said, who called in a little while ago from Homewood, said that it's uh, not about Zach necessarily or DeRosa. It's about the supporting cast. Patrick Williams, Io. Who has more of an upside? I think you probably believe it's Io, right? Brian? Well, look, look, Patrick Williams has the NBA body. I mean, he he, he looks like he's the part, right? He's passive Pat. He, he just... Well, see, that's the, that's the problem. It may be in between his ears. Well, you know, I, where he's just not, uh, you know, willing to go for it. Hey, he well, that's has a to. problem. That's a problem when you draft him as high up as you did, and now we're year three. Oh, no and doubt. Again, right. I, I know he's young, but so now that you beg, it begs the question: How does he get better if you're going to bench him? And and you need to bench him. You can't. You can't. I mean, if this isn't Justin Fields. This isn't. Let's keep putting Patrick Williams out there and and hope he gets better and develops. He's not the quarterback. He needs to be a big part of this team. I just don't see it. I mean, it's not a small uh, sample size anymore. Right. Does benching so, matter anymore? Does that send a message anymore? I, mean, I, I don't want to be the crabby old guy, but does benching send a message like it should? I know that uh, even playing high school sports, when you're benched, you know that you didn't perform. And, Everyone and, knows you didn't perform. Right, right. That's my point. And, and that was a motivating factor to work harder and get better. Does benching matter anymore? And, and, you know, part of it is sending the message or lighting a fire under him or pick a cliche. <laughs> um, the other part is it's just got to be, for the team's sake, it's got to be different. You can't keep trotting him out there and expect right. a different result. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't know if Javante Green and Derek Jones Jr., they doubled down on continuity. All right. The Bulls front office decided to bring everyone back and they counted on health and that hasn't worked out too well for them. But they decided not to make any big, splashy offseason moves other than paying Zach. And so this is what you have here. And if you're supporting cast, if that was an aberration last year, then you're in real trouble. But if one of your big pieces in, in both sense of the word, big Patrick Williams is not the guy you thought he was. Then you got you got to figure it out, and I you know whether it's sending a message or just saying we can't have them out there doing nothing. We got other guys who might not be marquee names, or or certainly we don't have as much invested in them as we do Patrick Williams. But they'll give us more than he's given us. Well, so and, we and that was the point. Um, you know, we may have to move in a different direction, and at right, you have to just decide when is the time to make that switch. And and I think early in the season it's it is about time, and they do have a lot invested in him, and he has been a disappointment. That's why I think maybe Io may have more of the upside because wouldn't you've seen it by Pat, uh, from Patrick Williams by now? We you would hope to, you would I, have I hope, to see that by now. I, I I really was encouraged that he went out to work out with Demar Derozan in the off season and told everyone how impressed he was and how much you know what he learned from. DeMar, what DeMar does to invest in his game in season mm-hmm. by doing what he does in the off season. And I thought, okay, that, that should help him. I mean, but it hasn't translated to this point, right? He, he did the right thing. He invested the time and he went to, to work out with the, one of the best, if not the best guy on the team. And to see what, what a guy who's been in the league as long as he's done, been in DeMar and what he does to, to make sure he's a, a star 
It's just not rolling out of bed, and he has the talent. He does have the talent, but he works at it. So I thought that was a great uh, a signal that Patrick Williams was realizing that, you know, it's getting late early for him. But now he's back to, what, two well, points? Well, he hasn't translated minutes. yet. No, two points, one rebound. I mean, you can't – they, they ain't cutting it. Not by Three a rebounds last night, six points. Yeah, good luck. I mean, 16 and those, minutes. Yeah, and, and the, the – the last four points came in garbage time, the final four minutes of the game, yep. which what the 32 point difference. Yeah. 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 And he played, uh, like I said, 16 minutes. Uh, if he's playing up to par, he's in the 20s somewhere. Yeah. I mean, he had, that's when we need him when it mattered at the start of the game, he had two points in 11 minutes and you didn't even notice him. So, right. and the night before he allowed a guy go to go for 26, right? So defensively, he's giving you next to nothing, too. Right. And the only reason why we're uh, I'm bringing up I.O. versus Patrick Williams, different positions, obviously, but uh, being the supporting cast, who do you expect to, you know, really step up and, and help out? Because, um, you know, we're going to need one of them to really show what they can do. And uh, Patrick Williams just need to be, needs to be reminded that he's a big guy. Yeah, the East, the East is no joke. And, yeah, he can get in there and get dirty. But you're right, that uh, that conference is uh, not a cakewalk. Not by not by a long shot. And, it, it you know, it got better, it, it, as good as it was last year. So, again, it's it's time to get him out of the starting lineup. And if that if that doesn't, you know, it, the, the question is, is it is it more motivation or is it lack of talent? I mean, what what would be your bigger concern that that? He needs to have a message sent because then that maybe that's correctable. But if this is who he is and you just missed on the draft pick and God, you know, God help us, you know, that, that, that if you, you thought you saw something there that's not there. Okay. That, then, then so how do you fix trouble. it? How do you fix it with him or move away from him? Uh, you know, it, it kind of bothers me that the bulls didn't really prepare for the fact that uh, Alonzo ball is not going to be around for a while. You said yesterday, if ever. Do you really think that this is a shutdown uh, career injury? No one can tell you. I mean, okay, so let's let's go back. January was supposed to be, what, a four- to six-week injury, right? He was supposed, yeah. supposed to be back. Mm-hmm. And then he was supposed to be back in time for the playoffs, and mm-hmm. that didn't happen. Right. And then during the offseason, uh, they were encouraged that things were on the right track and he was going to be ready for the beginning of, this, of, of training camp. And now it's January. Now it's January again. Yeah. I mean, and 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 when you hear him talk about it, he basically says, "I can't tell you. I can't tell you when." And if he can't tell you when, then the question of if has to be on the table too. Yeah. I think he's only played sixty-five percent of the games that he's been eligible to play in since he's been in the league. So history tells you that this, you know, this isn't. If you're if you're buying if you, you you're buying stock. On this, what, what would you do? I mean, would right, you invest a lot sure. of money in this? No, 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 no. Exactly. And you know how important he is to the team. Well, I, mean, I tell you something. Lord. When he was playing with us, that was a huge oh. difference maker. It was a night and day. Yep. Night and day. I mean, yep. And we did not prepare off season for any of this. And they had to have known that this was on the table, that uh, he wouldn't be available. And they well, they, really but they told, you, they told you in July, I think it was when they were out in Las Vegas for the, um, for the rookie camp. A summer league. He, they said, no, no, you know, everything's. You know, they were, there were no red flags. They were just, they, they just said everything seems to be on. It seems on, like they should have better information, doesn't it, Brian? 
I, I would hope so, but apparently <laughs> they. And look, I know it's it's an it's a need, um, and he's had many issues with it uh-huh. and and many procedures on it. But they didn't they they doubled down on continuity. I mean, they didn't even allow the for the fact that he wasn't going to be available for. They the just start they the just imagined that he would be, and they apparently. continued business as usual. And now we're back to the White Sox again. You know, <laughs> yep. I mean, you know, oh, it's going to get better. He's going to get better. The comparisons are just yeah. deep and wide. 312-332-3776. Courtney Cronin coming up, our ESPN Bears insider. At 10 a.m., we'll start talking about the Bears. We'll take your calls. What do you want to talk about? Certainly, we're going to hit the baseball playoffs. If you're watching, uh, an interesting question that Jake brought up that we're going to bring up a little later on as it relates to the Southsiders. We'll do all of that and more here on ESPN 1000. We'll be right back. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Coming up at 10, we will talk to Courtney Cronin, our Bears insider here at ESPN 1000. Boy, it's been a long time since we've seen the Bears still trying to get rid of that bad taste in their mouth as they played Washington and lost. We'll take your phone calls, 312-332-3776. Brian, uh, Bill Belichick, he's going to be the difference maker, as he always is. Um, I would think that... uh, Now, is Mac Jones going to go? Have we seen that he is uh, set for the game or... Have to check the uh, latest on the yeah, uh, injury report up right now. Yeah, he, uh, you know, leave it up to Belichick to get something from his uh, second string, or or is it his third string? Third string, yeah. Third okay, string. so That's I mean, right. so they, they've gone through well, you know Mac Jones. He started the first three games, then Brian Hoyer. We remember him. He was yeah. here for a while. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. He started week four. Yeah, it looks like he expected ba- to start twenty seven minutes ago, according to uh, SI dot com. He's expected. So, Mac, yeah, Mac and is. then they got to Bailey Zappi, who was just fine for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Zappi was uh, more than happy to help out. And um, it is Bill Belichick, right? Because Mac Jones has been putting up some good numbers since he was drafted four spots behind Justin Fields. And, and you know, Mac Jones has had the, the benefit of Bill Belichick. So one of the best, if not the best. And continuity and consistency where Justin Fields had amateur hour with the previous regime and stops and starts so far this season with the with the new regime right yeah it uh right consistency is key and um obviously belichick the guy knows what he's doing whether he's deflating balls i don't know (laughs) but uh, seriously uh to have a coach like that and have that consistency you're right uh the inconsistency with the bears staff can't be helpful to anyone now, I'm not saying that Justin Fields, that's that's his excuse. That's not what I'm saying. It's just not helpful. And no. uh, we're just beginning in this regime. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it was so frustrating against the uh, Washington team, uh, commanders, commodores, whatever you want to call them, that we saw some missed opportunities and, and our defense wasn't, you know, it's not Bears defense. And and we thought that we thought that that would be okay. We would just have to concentrate on Justin Fields. Right. It's not really worked out that way. No. And thank God they have one of the best running games in the league. Um, they've got that going for them. But you know, look at Mac Jones. 
16 starts since he was drafted. And he was taken 15th overall after the Bears traded up to get fields. So he's got a 67.7% completion rate, more than 3,500 yards passing, 21 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. So that's an acceptable ratio. 26 sacks and 16 starts. I think Justin's been sacked 23 times already this season. Um, and his rating, Mac Jones' his rate, passer rating is 92.5. And he he's he's got he, you know he, he wasn't no one really gave him much credit for being his college days he wasn't athletic and but the fact of the matter is Bill Belichick has made you know made him a a, a real a, a passable NFL quarterback right uh, he's solid for sure three one two three three two three seven seven six our friend Bear fan Bob. And Twin Lakes wants to jump on. After you talk about the Bears, I want to ask you about the Packers. But uh, first okay. things first, Bob. Sure. Good you know, good morning. You know, after I heard you talk about balls, let me tell you, I was on a golf course yesterday, and I thought my balls got deflated too. Never mind. <laughs> oh, it was that took a it's day a off. Round. I didn't even know you guys. Yeah, I didn't even know you guys was on the air. Otherwise, we'd have listened. We just from pop the golf up. Cart. We just pop up randomly. Yeah, what a beautiful well, day to play golf, though, Bob. Yeah, I mean, even nice if the game you know, wasn't good. where I was playing, that was so scenic, it was unbelievable. Yeah, even what a, pictures, what a, the whole deal. Did you have Wonderful. a special lime green ball because they get lost in all the leaves? About this time? I get them lost no matter what because I'm still a beginner. <laughs> I've only played like 20 rounds of golf in my life. You know, but it, 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 I had a wonderful day. It was It was really fun, and I enjoyed it. Good. So, getting back to Mr. Belichick. This guy's got the best incredible line since I've heard. Talking about everybody, oh, they're the best at this, and oh, they're the best at that. You know, teams put stuff on the board to uh, build on saying, you know, this is what these people are talking about you this week. Well, Mr. Belichick didn't give him anything to put on the billboard and get him angry. But what he did do is he told us how bad they really were by saying all that stuff. I think there was seven minutes or something. I did hear part of it. And it's like, this guy's an absolute genius. So I was thinking about how maybe the Bears could beat them. I don't think they are, but they could. I kind of like they had a screenplay where they had two or three players around the person catching the ball, and that seemed to work pretty well. It wasn't the uh, proverbial John Shoup or Gary Croden bubble, you know, negative three-yard bubble screenplay, but you had some blockers in front of you, and that, that might work. You know, New England's defense isn't that bad. They're pretty decent. You know, they hold no. people to about 15 points a game. But there could be some opportunity there. And I also looked at uh, the, the uh, offensive formations using two backs in the backfield, kind of like one one side of the on the uh, one side and the other side of the of the quarterback, and even maybe a couple of tight ends on each side. That might work pretty well too. You know, they're going to have to use power plays like that. And I think they'll have some success. And the big key to this game is ball control. If uh, Mr. Fields cannot uh, follow his receivers, there might be some opportunities there. But you know, I, I'm not hopeful. I'm not real hopeful with Fields at all. I'm getting to be afraid that the defense might get lost because, you know, it's kind of like a futile effort. They play hard. They work hard. They do, they're wonderful, you know, and especially in the second half. But it's kind of disheartening when, you, when your offense keeps giving the ball away or not scoring points when they should. You know, that, that's a real problem. And I also think Belichick is going to keep testing Gordon and Brisker 
I think there's going to be some opportunities there, and I'm still looking for the proverbial pick six out of out of those two guys. I think it's going to happen, and it could be this week, even though it is Mac Jones, and Mac Jones is a really good quarterback. So, guys, those are what I got, and uh, you have questions for me about the Packers. Yeah, so what's uh, you having a unique perspective? You're a Bears fan in uh, Cheddarland. What is, is happening? What what is happening up there <clears throat> with with Aaron? Uh, with the fa- is the fan base starting to sense that you know Aaron's starting to come down the other side of the hill, or is that not the case at all? Uh, you know what is happening up there. With my Packer friends that I talk to, they think they should have traded him last year. And here's kind of what I see: here's the guy who gets all gets paid all the money, okay, and he's kind of run his mouth a little bit, and a lot of bit. Oh yeah. And it seems like to me the team is saying, hey, this is the million-dollar guy. Let him make the plays. And on top of it, what the Packers did is they kept two offensive lines, Bakhtiari and Jennings, I think his name is. Starts with mm-hmm. Jay. Anyways, these guys are old, and they paid him a lot of money. Well, between Rodgers and these two guys, you don't have a lot of money. They brought in another rookie. Myers is not one of them. Myers on their offensive line is really good. There's another one. He, he, he can't block nobody. He's horrible. Well, the way I'm seeing it is one of these times there's going to be a strong safety or a corner on a blitz that's going to come across. It's going to be the Philadelphia game, the Dallas game, or the Chicago game that's going to come across and break this guy in half. Because at 38 years old, newsflash, your body don't work so good no more. Thank you, You Bob. You can't take this. Yeah. Thank you. We, we've got to run. We've got Courtney coming up here. But I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting up there. Oh, have a great day, Bob. Yep. And, by the way, the yep. plays are good on the offense. Our players just have to execute them. Talk at you all okay. later. Okay. Have a good day. Right. Bye. Thanks. Okay. I think you just said, wow, the nation with the T formation. That's what the Bears need to do tomorrow night. So three one two three three two three seven seven six. Our next segment, we will talk to Courtney Cronin on ESPN 1000, or Bears Insider. We'll do that after this.